You're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with your host, Dom. Subscribe, give a five-star rating, and follow us on Twitter at country underscore chat. And stay up to date. Hi there. You listen to the Country Chat Podcast with me, Dom. Today I've got a guest with me, but first of all, I'm going to start by talking about what's been happening recently. It's only going to take a minute or so. Now, yesterday, Tuesday, the 2nd of June, we all in the music industry went through a blackout period. That is because of what's been happening primarily in America, but it happens all over the world. Now, it's a big topic, and it's a topic of race. It's a topic of equality and injustice. And here at the Country Chat Podcast... I believe that everybody should have the same voice, the same equalities, the same justices, and I believe what has happened in America is entirely, entirely wrong. Now, don't get me wrong, I do not believe in violence. I never believe that violence is the answer to violence. Bearing in mind, we're all in this COVID-19 issue, so we should all still be social distancing. So those in London protesting, you know, get your voices heard. But remember, social distance, you know, we don't want a second wave. Now, I just want to just remind people that, yes, it happens here in the UK. We had issues like Stephen Lawrence in 1993 and Anthony Walker in 2005. Innocent, innocent people attacked because of the colour of the skin. We're all one big family. We're all one human race, and we all, we've all just got to show love, and that's it, really. I'll try and relighten the mood. Today's guest is Emily Fay. She just released a new single, Fearless. Hi, Emily. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, not too bad. How about you? I'm good. I mean, yesterday was a bit of a, well, the past few days has just been a bit of a sad day, so. Yeah, it's, I think I think yeah, I think yesterday was really important, really important that that we we all did that, you know. And yeah, that the music industry took a stand. Yeah, it's got to be done. Exactly. Be done. How's the whole lockdown situation been for you? Then I mentioned it briefly just then. Yeah, so I mean, it's up and down every day, just like I think it is for everybody. Um, but. In the beginning, I had a lot of motivation and I was kind of really excited that I had a lot of extra time to spend, you know, writing and being at home in my songwriting room, you know, and and coming up with ideas and things um, and not traveling every single waking minute, which is the usual case. (laughs) Um, (coughs) Excuse me. So, yeah, so, you know, so I used my time really wisely. I got loads of writing sessions booked in all of that jazz. Um, and then I think just like recently, it's just kind of, um, motivation wise, it's just tailing off a little bit because, you know, we didn't all expect it to go on for this long and, um, yeah, it's just completely an unprecedented time, isn't it really? So yeah, it's just up and down really, (laughs) but I know there's, um, people out there far worse off you know we've got a garden we've I've got a lovely writing room you know and I'm so grateful for everything that I do have so um I'm doing okay really well that's the main that's (laughs) that's the main thing really is having the ability to go into a garden because I keep saying to myself because I'm lucky here I live in York and Mm. I have I have quite a large garden so I find I'm quite lucky in that sense because I can go out whereas there's people who I know live in like Leeds and they can't they're stuck inside you know 
in an apartment and it's mm. yeah it's not a nice situation now writing we looked at i reviewed fearless a couple of days ago now how has it all been since the release of fearless yeah i mean release day was really fun i really enjoyed it i was really i was quite nervous to release this song to be honest because it's kind of the first time that i've really written my absolute truth down on paper and released it into the world so I was very nervous but then I had a chat with my producer um, and co-writer Sue McMillan and she said you need to swap those nerves for excitement you've done everything you possibly can you just need to let you know just what will be will be so the next day after I had that chat with her, this was, I think I had that chat with her on Wednesday. Yeah. On Thursday, I was just like, right, I'm so excited. I've done everything I possibly can to get it out there. And to, you know, I've sent every email I possibly could for every contact I had. I mean, there's always more emails you could be sending, (laughs) but yeah, but I didn't, I tried to kind of flip my way of thinking about it and um, just kind of accept that what will be will be and if people like it they like it if they don't I'll have to write something better you know so (laughs) so yeah so the release day was really really fun um I did like a show where we did an Emily Faye quiz and I played some songs and I had a few special guests I had Lachlan the American band yeah and McMillan as well chatting about how we produced the song and wrote it and things like that so it was a really fun release day um considering because obviously I would have ideally liked to have done a you know a big show and I had all these um secret shows lined up where (laughs) I was gonna uh basically it was certain locations and certain amount of tickets were being released at once and then we're told the location once you'd signed up for a ticket you know so it was going to be so good and so exclusive but unfortunately obviously um we couldn't do that in the end so yeah it was um it was great considering we were in lockdown how how did you meet Sue McMillan then because she's she's the producer and the co-writer for Fearless you know has she been in other tracks with you Yes, yeah, so she produced my last, we did five songs together, um, and there, so five singles I released, um, the last one I did was in February for that kind of package of work, and we, yeah, we wrote, we wrote a lot of them together, some of them I didn't write, we recorded them all, and I basically met her through my PR company, um, Lime Tree Music, who helped me with my first release, Open Road, yeah. back in 2018. I think it was 2018 (laughs) or 2017 actually 2017 for the single 2018 for when it was put on the EP (laughs) yeah I've literally right in front of me I've got my Rolling Stone um picture like framed so it says 2017 so that's where I was like oh no it's 2017 um but yeah so uh yeah, so they introduced me to her via email. So to you know, to get a writing session in. So uh, March of 2018, we wrote our first. We had our session and we wrote Barefoot and another song we haven't released yet. Yeah. And and then I realised she did production as well, and I just was like, oh my gosh, I'd love to work with a female producer. Um, because yeah, just you know, power to the woman in the industry. And yeah, and. The rest is history, really. <laughs> that, that's it. I mean, a lot of your songs really are almost power to the women kind of songs as well. <laughs> is that like, the yeah? Whole, is that the whole vibe you're trying to, you know, uh, to showcase to the world? 
Yeah. Um, I mean, it's something I really believe in. Like, it's something that I support through um, a brand that I work with called Write Like a Girl. So it's, yeah, you know, supporting other women within the industry and championing championing each other is really important to me. So, yeah, I mean, some of the songs like um, Leaving Looks Good on You, I didn't write that. I just... um, one of my friends in America, she wrote it with two of her friends and she let me play it at my first EP launch. Yeah. And then I just said to her, I was like, I love it so much. I feel so good performing it. It's such a feel good song. How would you feel if I released it? And then, yes, then she was like, yes, I'm so excited. You know, so yeah. yeah. So they let me cut it, which was really nice of them. And I, I've never done that before. You know, I've never released a song that isn't mine before that. And also Sucks to Be You isn't mine either. That was written by Jess Thriston and Sue McMillan. Oh, wow. Yeah, so Sue actually pitched that to me. We were kind of looking at my song options and she was like, I hope you don't mind if I pitch you this song that I wrote with Jess Friston because the reason I'm pitching it to you is because I feel like you can pull it off because it's kind of a cheeky way of saying like, screw you type thing to, you know, to a guy. So, yeah, so um, I, I liked it, kind of sat with it. And then I was like, let's do it. Let's go for it. Let's, you know jump out of my comfort zone do something like that that'd be cool (laughs) oh wow now in 2016 I'm sure I listened to a song called The Ride was that yes that was um (laughs) featuring Elliot Joseph yes yeah so uh, yeah Elliot's great friend of mine in our first writing session actually we wrote that together and then we just decided yeah we just decided let's let's record it I think I had to record some stuff for a project at my uni as well so it was kind of a joint thing and then yeah we put that out yeah (laughs) what did you study at uni songwriting (laughs) yeah well uh in London yeah at BIM London awesome how how was it you know I spoke you know the other day about songwriting courses in London and Mm. you know people say there's a lot more to it than actually you know just writing songs it's about the whole the whole package that comes with it you know was it the same was it the same kind of module for you as well yeah so I mean it was um so I originally did like a a vocal certificate there and when it was called tech music school and then halfway through my songwriting degree it was bought by BIM I think I think that's how it worked it works but don't quote me on that (laughs) um but yeah so it changed to BIM halfway through my degree so um I yeah so I was studying vocals and then the songwriting degree got written so then I was like well I'd like to do songwriting so because that was the the module I enjoyed the most on the vocals so I just was one of the first I think there was 10 of us or something like that that or no 10 to 12 of us that finished the, the whole degree yeah um so a lot of people just came and did the first year you know it kind of varied so as it was a brand new course it was obviously we were the guinea pigs trying it, <laughs> trying it out. So yeah. yeah, it was, we had lots of different modules, to be honest. We had lots of different like styles of music. So at one point we had to like pick a style of music out of hat and I had to write a pure funk song <laughs> and I, I had never written pure funk in my life, but it was incredible to try, you know, and give it a go and do some research on it. And um, yeah. And yeah, we had lots of different things like different, we had like theory lessons, you know, we had um, lessons on different, um, I don't know what you call them, on different things like Logic and Pro Tools, different yeah. um, software you can use to record music. Yeah, the DAW softwares. Yeah, I think DAWs, is that what they're called. Uh, but yeah, so 
I mean, and we also had performance lessons if we wanted them. You could kind of pick and choose your modules. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those things where you get out exactly what you put in. Yeah. So if, you, if you're willing to do the work and work hard, then you, you get so much out of it. And the main thing that I got out of it that I am so, so grateful for is the people that I met at university, like the fellow musicians. Um, and yeah, a lot of them are in my band today. And I went to uni quite a while ago. Let's slip, let's be honest. <laughs> I, 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 won't, yeah. I won't ask you your age then. <laughs> no, I'm not super old. Can you remember what you did your dissertation on? So my dissertation, yeah, it was actually, it was a bit of a different one. So you had to write and record your own album. so that was eight to ten songs yeah and then you had to write a three thousand word essay of what you do differently and what you liked and what you didn't to go alongside it so you had this whole album package and lucky for me one of my best friends and he was my housemate at one point as well he was doing the production course and he was like do you want to collab because we could cross over so he could use my songs as you know because he was producing them and I could use his production because it was about the songs for my project yeah so yeah so we worked together and we did an entire like album of songs um for that project which was great really really cool oh do you still have that yeah I mean my dad has it in his car and uh oh, we <laughs> I, need to listen <laughs> Some of the songs are actually, I think they're still on YouTube. There's a couple of them, because we used to perform them as a band when when I was at uni. So there's definitely some performances of them. And some of them are pretty cool. I'm, I think I might take a few of them and, you know, work with my, my other guitarist again and see what we can do with them to make them more cu- current me, but still yeah. cool, you know. Yeah. Did, yeah. You, did, <laughs> did you go into uni with the mind of doing country music or was it just a generic you know I'm going to go into music you know look at whether it's pop or whether it's country or whether it's you know wherever you end up you know when was when was it you actually knew it was going to be country music so I went into uni not really knowing what my style was at all to be honest yeah um I was kind of folky poppy that was predominantly the way I was writing and stuff I guess yeah um and I was predominantly playing guitar most of the time. Um, so, yeah, so I kind of fell into like a folky kind of category, folky pop. And then it was in my third year when one of my guitarists said, Em, why don't you go country? He's like, you're so close to it anyway, being like folky type thing. Yeah. He was just like, why don't you go country? And I'd also discovered the show Nashville and I'd been like binge watching that because I absolutely loved it. And the thing I loved the most was the songwriting and the quality and the stories and the songs. And that just kind of really inspired me. I mean, the first first song I ever learned on guitar when I was 13 was Jolene by Dolly Parton. Oh, so maybe me. the cut. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe the country influence had always been there, but I didn't fully recognize it properly, properly until someone pointed it out to me and said, why don't you go country? I've got, I've got to say with the film, uh, with the program Nashville, one of my favorite scenes, you know, parts of Nashville was when mm. Deacon and Juliet were at the like river, uh, riverside yeah. and they were writing yeah. songs there. And it was like just this picturesque moment. And it was mm. everything about that. It's just like idyllic. And it's like, Oh my <laughs> God, I'd love to be there right now. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Very I'll, idyllic. <laughs> what What was your thoughts uh, when Nashville actually came out? Then you know, was it like, oh, that's 
That's interesting. Oh, I didn't think about that regarding whether it's music, you know, the actual... Because I know it's some of it's loosely based on how things are done and obviously a lot of it's mm. dramatised because it's a TV yeah. programme. Yeah. But, you know, was there things in there where you thought, oh, I could do that. Oh, I could do that. You know, that's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely things that I thought, oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. I want to write a song as good as that, you know. Um, and I actually covered some of the songs with my band because I love them so much. So I did Telescope and um, what Trouble Is, the ones that um, Juliet, yeah. <laughs> Hayden Panettiere, the ones that she sings. Um, I, yeah, I used to cover those in my band just because I thought they were such amazing songs, you know. I mean, I love what Charles Eston and the Adelaides have just done, you know, by actually mm. producing Sanctuary. You know, it would, have, yeah. it would have been so great listening to your voice doing Sanctuary because you've got that lovely <laughs> harmonic tone to your voice. It's, it oh. fits so well. I played Sanctuary for someone's wedding last year, actually. Oh, really? And to be honest with you, I hadn't actually fully appreciated that song at the time. So until I had to learn it for someone's wedding last year, I didn't fully appreciate it. And then I played it at the wedding and I was kind of just like almost, cause she walked down the aisle to it. So obviously I was really like, boy, there's a lot of pressure here. Mm -hmm. I need to learn this. I need to be awesome. Um, and I honestly was just like trying not to cry because it was just the perfect song for that moment of her walking down the aisle. Um, and yeah, it's the most beautiful song. And I really love that, that version that they've done together, Charles Eston and the Adelaides. And I, I've met Charles Eston actually. I went to one of my friends work, working on the lighting rig at the, um, oh. at one of the Nashville shows. Yeah. And I'd, I bought myself a ticket and I went on my own and I sat at the very, very back. And then the next day, he texts my friend texts me and he was like Emily have you been to the Nashville show are you coming and I was like oh I went on Friday night and he and then he's like come Sunday I'll take you backstage you can meet the lighting director and all the cast and I was like what oh so I sped God. down to London <laughs> yeah it was really cool I, I went down to London and I um yeah I met everybody and went backstage and it was just the most incredible time it was really cool yeah oh, I'm so jealous I mean if I was, I mean, I can't sing for toffee. So if I was performing <laughs> Sanctuary at a wedding, you know, I would have been in absolute floods of tears because it's such an emotional song. And oh my God, I'm so jealous. <laughs> yeah, it was a very, it was very cool. It was very cool for me having been such a fan of the show and of the songwriting and the songs to experience it from backstage for sure. Is Charles yeah. as nice in person than he is on screen? He was so nice. He even like I said, oh, my like one of my best friends loves you. And he was like, let's make a video for her. So he filmed <laughs> himself. Yeah, he was like, hey, Lucy, it's Charles Eston here. And then and then he was kind of talking like you guys should come to Nashville. And then I sent it to my friend and she literally cried. Oh she my loved God. him. Yeah, it was so funny. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> See, that's what I need to start doing. I need to start trying to get into those situations where I have friends that can do that oh my god wow yeah I mean it was it was very cool I was I was very um fascinated by it I think it was oh gosh I can't remember it was the first time the show came over so a few yeah. years ago so yeah I was just like an absolute fangirl basically have you, have <laughs> you, have you met any other famous celebrities <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, when I was waitressing in a pub in London, I served um, Emma Watson and Hugh Grant and Emily Blunt. Wow. But apart from that, I don't think I've met any super famous. Oh, 
I supported Chris Schiffler actually from the Foo Fighters on his yeah. solo tour. Yeah, supported him in Brighton oh last my. year, and um, he was like the nicest person. My dad even said, "Chris, do you mind if I have a selfie with you?" Like, had a selfie with him. It was brilliant. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he was so nice and so respectful of his support artists. Like he was at the back selling his own merch to all his fans. And then when I was on stage, because my mum and dad were like near him, when I was on stage, he said, "I'm the shop's closed until she's finished. You need to listen and respect the other artists that are on the show tonight. And it was just really cool. And yeah, he was a really nice guy. You see, yeah. I, abs- I absolutely love what you just did there was, you know, I've, I don't think I've really met anyone famous. You know, I've only met um, Emma Watson and Emily Blunt and Hugh Grant. <laughs> well, when you say met, I've served them a drink and they've said thank you. That's it. That it's... doesn't really count, does it? Well, uh... you've gone face to face with someone famous. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Oh, wow. Waitressing in a pub then. So, like, what, you know, can you, can you tell us more? Like, waitressing... <laughs> What was oh, it? Oh no, what I've had like? so many jobs. So many jobs. Um, well, I actually did. I actually waitressed at a comedy awards show as well. Oh wow! Um, but yeah, I mean, when you're at uni, you just like have a million jobs, part-time jobs. Or yeah. when you finish uni, I had five part-time jobs, and I was doing music at the same time, and just trying to find your feet after uni is like so difficult yeah no matter I think no matter what industry you go into it's kind of like your 20s is that really (laughs) weird time where you're just like who am I what am I doing with my life is this the right thing should I have a house and a mortgage by now should I have kids right now should I should I should I you know and you can get so caught up in comparing yourself to what ideals people have for you and for the general population or whatever of your age group and it's yeah it's so easy to get caught up in all of that so yeah I mean (laughs) it's funny yeah it's crazy you say that because you know I'm I'm 27 and yeah I've 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 been through that you know I've been through those same questions you know what am I what am I doing you know what do I need to do in my life to make it something really and you th- yeah. you're looking at everybody around you looking like facebook's the worst for it i, I end up stopped going on yep. facebook for ages because everyone yeah. i saw was either in a new relationship or they've just got married or they had keys kids. to the house exactly <laughs> it's, you know yeah. you think wow you know what are these lives but then you look at your life and it's like actually i'm doing okay you know it's, yeah it's that self-realization <clears throat> and that self worth really because we all try and compare you know it's the same with like facebook and instagram where you look at these pictures of people's perfect lives and it's like oh wow you know i wish i was so much like them but you don't know what happens behind closed doors do you yeah yeah it is it's a funny old world in terms of social media because um it is very very hard not to compare yourself and do you know the days when I I fall into that trap and I just end down end up down like a social media mine hole <laughs> I just like I just I just kind of have to check myself and be like Emily get off it just yeah. turn your phone on flight mode do what you need to do for you so that's kind of what it's like with this single you know loads of other singles were, were released the same day as mine and I felt so much pressure on this one. I put so much pressure on this one because I really wanted it to do well because it meant so much to me. Yeah. Um, so I was, you know, I was 
guilty definitely of comparing oh so and so's had hers on the radio oh but so and so's had hers on a playlist oh no mine isn't on a playlist yet or whatever and I just was like no right just put your phone on flight mode for two hours have a bit of time to yourself switch off from all of the madness of comparison and just be in the moment and just be appreciative of everybody who has listened who has downloaded and what will be will be you know yeah. um but it's not easy it's really not easy to to do that and to it, it's just such a natural thing to humans isn't it to compare now oh yeah definitely um, that, that's it, the issue yeah and I mean it really is like the thief of joy it really is um as they say but yeah it's it's tricky. Social media is tricky and I, I definitely have to have regular breaks from it where I just post and switch off yeah. because otherwise I just, oh, the amount of time you can waste as well. <laughs> it's unreal. That's more to the point. I'm like, what am I doing? I've spent an hour doing nothing. <laughs> the problem is though, the hour actually only feels like 10 minutes. You I know. You don't realize that, you don't realize that time's just flown by. And it's like, oh my God, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah, it's so dangerous, isn't it? It's very dangerous. Do you, do you do all your social media then or do you have like a team behind you? I do it all. Yeah, I do it all myself and plan it all myself and try to think of some interesting stuff to put up when I'm not doing much. Like, I mean, for example, obviously due to COVID-19, I'm not out traveling, doing my regular stuff, not doing shows. Yeah. So it is a lot more, you have to think and plan a lot more in terms of your content. Um, and I also, obviously I've got the single now, so I can, I've got a lot of content ready to keep putting out yeah. to do with single, which is cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just another full-time job basically for social media. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. I mean, I've mentioned it before on the podcast cause I, I do, I do pretty much everything here. You know, I do the yeah. website, I do the actual show itself. I do the social media and yeah. there's, when you're trying to do Facebook and then Instagram and then Twitter and yeah. then you're going through your actual normal life as well as your mm. music accounts, it's like, oh my God, it's too too much time. It's Yeah. I just wish I had this crack team behind me that knew what to put out, exactly when to put yeah. out and Yeah. Life would be so much easier. Yeah. Sometimes I think, oh, I wish there was two of me. Because then you can like film what's in your head so say I needed to film so like a couple of days ago I had to film some bits for the music video for Fearless but obviously I had to do them for myself so I was like I just wish there was two of me because then what my what's in my head could be seen and I I had to get my mum to help me like focus the camera and all of this and it was just hilarious you know and just um would have been so much easier if there was double double me in that moment but yeah it's funny isn't it how how did you find translating exactly what you wanted to your mum you know was it was it difficult or did she kind of get the gist of what you wanted <laughs> well so I have worked with my usual video videographer but from afar so like he was he like rang me in the morning and explained all the settings that my camera needed to be on yeah. like I literally had this entire list <laughs> so and then I had to wait for the light to be in a certain place um in terms of it coming through the window and then um yeah I had all these kind of instructions from him and then I was texting him after we'd shot a certain bit saying is this right you know so I had a lot of help from him which was great and my mum was great she just basically did what I told her thanks mum um (laughs) but yeah but yeah I'd say thanks uh, and I was just like thanks so much for your help sorry if I was getting annoyed because 
I don't, I don't really like, I don't really like being in my own music videos. This is how I felt the other day. Anyway, I just kind of was like, yeah. oh gosh, I don't really like my, I don't really like my face when I'm singing along to songs like lip syncing along, because that's sometimes what you have to do for a music video. Yeah. And I was like, I don't really like my face. And then Declan, <laughs> Declan, the videographer, he was like, I think you're just being a bit self-conscious. And I was like, no, I really, <laughs> and then I was like, I promise I'm not being a diva. And then anyway, I sent him what he needed. So he's got what he, he needs, but you know, the video isn't really about me. It's just to tie everything together because I managed to get maybe 60, 60 ish videos from my audience, um, fans and friends and Ooh. family. And, uh, basically I asked them, what does being fearless mean to you? Yeah. And then I asked them to write down their answer and hold it on a sheet of paper in front of them yeah. and video themselves holding that piece of paper. So that's, for me, that's what the video is about. It's not about me. It's about everybody um, facing their fears and realizing what fearless means to them. So, yeah. So at the end, there is one of me holding what being fearless means to me. But oh. yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it'll be really cool when it comes together. And and I'm working with with Declan on it just because I know he'll be able to do like a, an insane job rather than like my average job. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Did, did, did you find yourself going through all the videos that people sent you and just reading what fearless is to them and thinking, oh, yeah, and then almost yeah, yeah, connecting with them as well? Yeah, totally. And some of them were absolutely hilarious as well. Like <laughs> one guy, one guy put having a poo in a public place and that just cracked me up. I, I totally like, get yeah. that. Yeah. And I was like, fair play, fair play. You know, and other people put more kind of, I mean, like fearless is whatever it is to to you so there is no one answer so yeah um it was really cool reading reading everybody's and you know just everybody who took the time to send something in I'm just really appreciate appreciative of them yeah awesome now fearless itself when I first when I first listened to it it almost started like a, a dark undertone to the actual music the whole mm. the whole feeling of it and I, I know it no, I know it's not a dark song because it's almost like the complete opposite you know it's showing that strength now yeah was that aimed for that kind of like darkish lowish tones to begin with and then almost building up so when we wrote this song we started with the synth like the synth bass type yeah. sound you can hear in there um and we were really like aware of not adding too much yeah. throughout the whole song. So we wanted the song to speak for itself. And we were so aware of it um, just adding too much and it taking away from the lyrical subject of the song. So, yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't intentional for it to be dark and, and moody, but I'm not. I'm oh, not no, no. It I'm not complaining if it, you know, if it does come across that way. I think it's good because it's a very serious thing that we're talking about, yeah. you know, in terms of it's honest and it's like brutally honest. Um, and yeah, and it is, it is kind of like very different to all of my other stuff that I've ever done. So yeah. <laughs> it was kind of supposed to be a little bit shocking in a way. But yeah, that, that's that's more of the feeling I got, you know, not so much dark as in like mysterious or, you know, in my review, I put eerily dark undertones. Now, yeah. the way I mean to that is more of the fact it's... Because you talk the whole song is about 
trying to be perfect and trying to have that perfect you you've got that self-conscious back of your mind you know I've got mm-hmm. to be this kind of level yeah the whole it almost almost seemed like a transition from the start of the song to then actually realizing actually you know I am I am as good as I am kind yeah. of thing you know first it's the you know you're unsure and questioning yourself constantly and then it's almost like a build-up to actually finding yourself yeah yeah definitely I'd definitely say it's kind of part of illustrates part of the ongoing journey that I think everybody's going through that it's okay not to be perfect um and that perfection doesn't really exist but we all still strive for it and and it's just kind of questioning why and I was definitely like questioning why do I always try to be perfect when it's not even a thing you know what even is perfection so yeah it's definitely about that I yeah definitely agree can you say anything that you found inspiring for yourself you know where you've realized oh actually I don't need to be like Joe Bloggs down the road you know I can't be just me is there any like examples well there's a lot of things that help me to realize that so like for example um I don't know if you've heard of the artist Charlie McKeezy. Have you heard of him? He's written no. an amazing book called The The Boy, The Mole, The Horse and The Fox. It's not in that order, I don't think. <laughs> but he 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 basically draws amazing he makes amazing paintings. You can find him on Instagram. Yeah. But there was one that actually said that really hit me the other day. He's he's very wise this this man, this <laughs> artist. And um and there was one the other day that said um, there will be a lot of people who criticize you in your life. Don't be one of them. And I was like, oh my goodness, I am one of them. I need to stop this. I need to, you know, try and champion myself like I do other women in the music industry, for example, yeah. you know, and stop tearing myself down because there's plenty of other people out there who will do that for me. So what am I doing? That's you know, and so it's so true. Yeah, it's it's things like that that really make me think and having chats with, you know, talking to friends and talking to my producer and other writers and and things like that. Just I have quite a few discussions with my mum as well. She's very, very interested in the whole like psychology behind social situations and things. So we have, you know, and self-worth and we have a lot of discussions about it. Um, But yeah, I'd say reading. I do a lot of reading about that kind of subject as well and, and just about emotions and all of that kind of thing because and I listen to podcasts as well because it's just fascinating how everybody's different and that you know that needs to be celebrated really it's good to be different you know so yeah there's yeah there's a whole whole host of things that make me have these realizations and fearless was caused by Sue saying to me you need to go and write your truth yeah. So then I was like, okay. <laughs> so then I <laughs> then I wrote the chorus. Um, and one of the things that I feel has been very prominent in stopping me achieving what I want to achieve is fear and is being afraid what so-and-so will think if I try this or what so-and-so will think if I do that. So that's, I think, where the song came from. And yeah. I took the chorus to Sue and and I had all these other ideas for the verses and um, she just kind of helped me put all the verses together and we worked on them like a more powerful melody for the verses and things like that so yeah it's definitely born from just really thinking all about um 
the kind of dynamics and and the the waves of life I guess yeah and self-worth as well yeah I take it you write songs lyrics first with a melody in mind so I on my own I have like a lyrical subject in my head so like I know that I want this to be the punchline of the song or I know I want the song to be about this and then I'll write the guitar or the piano and the lyrics at the same time and then go back and make the lyrics better or make them uh, work more with the story and the point of the song. Um, So, yeah, so I kind of write them hand in hand, but start with the, with the idea for sure, the lyrical idea and the story. Yeah. Awesome. Now you mentioned that you play guitar and, you know, with all like the photo shoots, when did you actually first start playing guitar? So I learned, I had piano lessons actually when I was seven and then did piano till I was 17 and uh, a lady called Holly Rogers, my my auntie gave me her CD, she's from Cornwall and I've since, which is really cool. So she inspired me. I loved her songs. I loved her voice. I loved that she played guitar. So I started teaching myself guitar when I was about 13. My mum and dad got me a guitar for Christmas and um, I'd just been using my mum's like proper um proper like classical acoustic guitar <laughs> before that and so they got me my first guitar for Christmas when I was I think I was 13 or 14 and I just yeah I just started writing songs um using the guitar and taught myself some chords um and then that's where it all began in terms of guitar and then a few years ago I played a show with Holly Rogers who inspired me to play guitar and I just couldn't believe it. And I was just like, Oh my word, this is oh, so cool. Wow. Um, yeah. And I, it was really, really cool. And she signed my CD for me that I took with me and all of that jazz, but yeah, but she's awesome. And it was just a very, very cool moment for me to, to meet the person who inspired me to, to pick up that instrument, you know? That's crazy. I mean, you seem to really get into these great situations. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes yeah I think I think luck and you know you don't I don't think opportunity finds you I think you find opportunity you need to oh, definitely. put yourself in all those places in order to find it so I mean yeah. you, you summed it up earlier you know with the uni course you know you get out what you put in and that's one yeah. phrase that my dad always instilled into me when I was when I was a kid because I didn't do anything musically I was always in like the air cadets and I was always flying or mm. shooting doing stereotypical boy things and <laughs> you know that's one thing that always stuck with me and I've carried it on through my life you know you get out what you put in so if you put in a lot yeah. of effort you get out you know a lot more from yeah. it so Fair play. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, we, we talk about putting a lot into it. You know, you're one of the co-founders of Write Like a Girl. You mentioned it earlier. Mm-hmm. Where did that all originate from? You know, what was the main catalyst to think, you know what, I need to set up this almost group? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like think. Yeah. So, um, so Beth, Vic and I, we met. Beth and I met on Facebook because I was looking for someone to write some songs with and and she said she was up for it and wanted to write some country songs with me. So we wrote some songs together and then we just kind of kept in touch and did I supported her at her EP launch and stuff like this or single launch. Um, and then when I was in Nashville with Beth and my boyfriend, we 
I was recording some stuff and Beth was coming to do some backing vocals and she was like oh I've I've met an English artist out here I've just had a write with her she's called Vic Allen yeah can she come too and just like watch and I was like yeah of course I was like she can do some BVs if she wants <laughs> so she came she came with Beth and they both did backing vocals on Giving In I think yeah. it was yeah and um yeah, which was really cool. And then ever since we've kind of stayed friends, you know, and obviously see each other a lot in the industry. And and Beth said to us, you know, we were talking a lot about females, championing females and things. And um, she said she wanted to start this kind of movement called Right Like a Girl. And we were just like, it's a great idea. Like, we fully support you. Let's do it. Let's. And she was like, how about if we go on tour? And we were like, yes, let's do it. Um, you know put all of our audiences together for for the cause you know so yeah so we did that um the first tour in may 2018 yeah and um yeah that was quite a lot of dates i think it was 10 maybe 10 or 15 and then yeah and then we did a second tour um last year and then since then we've kind of been doing monthly showcases yeah um mostly in london i think there's different well before lockdown more were popping up all over the country so basically we want to get away from it being about Beth me and Vic and more encouraging other artists to host their own wherever they live yeah and um it to be about the movement and about championing women in music yeah I mean that's what it's all about is I mean I mentioned at the start of the podcast regarding what's been going on you know regarding the inequalities and injustices and you know, it's the same with gender discrimination. You know, we've all seen it in the news, you know, regarding mm. women and women's airplay and, you know, the number of women that are actually getting songs on the radio. And it's, in proportion to men, it's not that great. And it's disgusting. It is horrible. Mm. And yeah. It's great what, you know, just even thinking, you know, we need to create this initiative for like-minded women to get together and write. It's, it's amazing mm. I love it yeah I mean Beth you know Beth was really passionate about it and she said I, I think it should be called right like a girl what do you think and we were like yes you know kind of a play on you throw like a girl and changing the stigma behind that yeah. kind of saying and um and she found out a lot of statistics so one of them was um that only 17 percent of songwriters that were registered with PRS were female and we just couldn't believe it yeah so yeah, so we really wanted to, you know, really encourage other women who are maybe too afraid to to speak out and songwrite or maybe don't think it's for them or maybe think they won't be heard or listened to. We just really wanted to cre create that platform where they could be. Um, and I mean, one of the shows we did in my hometown, we we had like three young, young, young girls. They were like seven, eight, nine in the audience. And they just absolutely loved it. And their parents, you know, specifically came and said, please, please, can you do more of more of these shows? We absolutely loved it. The girls loved it. It's so inspiring. So inspiring to yeah. see. And that was just so cool. And I just, yeah, they, it was just, it was a very cool moment. And I was like that you know, that's one of the many reasons that we're doing this, you know, to inspire people. So, yeah. That's, it's fantastic. I mean, I was speaking regarding, I was speaking about all this with Linda Conway, who does Voice of a Woman. Uh, yeah, radio yeah. Radio show in Ireland. And yeah, I know Linda, yeah. It, she, she's amazing. And she's, you know, it's the exact same principle, you know, of getting that voice out for everybody. And all I can do is, you know, commend 
everybody in the industry that's doing this, you know, to try and mm. help promote women. I mean, we, we, me and Linda were saying that women usually write all the heartfelt songs, you know, the ones that really touch you emotionally and it really mm. strikes, you know, a chord with everybody. And even like Fearless, you know, it had me in tears because... Mm. Like like we've mentioned, you know, we all have our own insecurities. We all have our own things where we think, you know, I'm not as good as them. And yeah, everybody out there, you know, if you're thinking of songwriting, just pick up a pen. Mm -hmm. Right. Get it down. Yeah. Get it down. Yeah. I mean, the first thing that, that made me write songs was because I felt like I was a teenager and I had all of this, all of these ang anxieties and worries and and I didn't know what else to do with them. So I just wrote them down, like almost like a diary, but then just putting them to music, you know, yeah. so. Well, that's all, yeah. that, that's all music really is, really. It's yeah. expressing, emo expressing your own emotions and then portraying it because you know that other people feel the same way. And you yeah. know, it's a great way of just opening people's lives you know people the mm -hmm. way people connect and the way people take to music I mean I love music that's one of the reasons why I do this and it's because I like to hear about your stories and like I say you know just well done I all can do this clap <laughs> well thank you for providing a platform where you know everyone can kind of speak speak and um, talk about their stories and and the way they found music and things, you know, because that's going to inspire somebody out there, which is awesome. Now, talk about finding music and inspiring music. You mentioned that you started doing piano at seven. You know, what was mm. it that actually, you know, was the main thing? You know, what I want to play piano. I want to, I want to be involved in the music industry. You know, was your parents musical? You know, was there any like influences early on? Yeah. So, I mean. My mum's musical, she, she's played guitar and piano. She played, you know, piano when she was young. Um, and so did my grandmother and her grandmother, her mother, sorry. So my, my grandfather sang in a choir on my mother's side. He sang in a choir. Aww. So there was a lot, yeah, there was a lot of music around. Um, my dad also has the biggest CD collection known to man honestly <laughs> he has drawers and drawers full of cds like he loves music so he has every, he has everything honestly like everything because basically while he was a medical student every exam he took he to reward himself when he'd done the exam he'd go and buy cds um that was his way of you know getting that. lost in the music and switching off from the exam so yeah, he um <laughs> he's got so many CDs and he actually has a jukebox that my mum got him for his for his 50th birthday and Oh cool. It's in the hallway and he changes the CDs every so often and you know so that music has been like a huge part of my upbringing of my life, you know, we'd be singing. Basically I got told off for singing at the table. I used to just sing <laughs> all the time since I could talk apparently. Um and my mum just said to me, she said, do you want to learn, do you want to have a go at learning piano? So I said, yes. And I mean, the thing I struggled with, I loved the lessons, but I, I wasn't so committed to the practice. Yeah. And I think, you know, even now I struggle to practice because it's the repetition, the repetition, but that's what it really is. Like you have to practice if you want to get better. So oh, yeah. I kind of, you know, and I did a few grades and things like that. And um, I got so nervous. I would always 
muck up on my grades like I'd play the wrong note and I'd be shaking and I'd be so so nervous I did to grade two on piano and I was like I don't want to do grades anymore it's too scary so um I don't know how old I was then 13 maybe and then my piano teacher said why don't you try and write some songs so I was okay yeah and he was he was like write a song and bring it to bring it with me you with you next week yeah so then I wrote I wrote two and took two to him and he he um took me into a recording studio and we recorded them on cd and everything and yeah it was amazing that he encouraged me in that way to do that you know that's going above and beyond I mean I've never known a music teacher to go to that extremes you know unless you actually go into like a proper music center where it's dedicated for that you know that's Mm. awesome yeah and there was also like a program at my um school which was like a Saturday program where you could go to music school and go and do some classes if you wanted so I did that quite a lot um and then obviously at school we had music lessons as well but I didn't I didn't choose it for GCSE because I think it's because my dad was like, keep it as a hobby. Like you don't want to lose the love for it by doing it for GCSE. Yeah. And I was kind of like, you just don't want me to do music. You want me to do (laughs) French instead. (laughs) But I'm actually really glad I didn't do it for GCSE or A-level because like he was right, actually, because I would have lost my love for it. Um, And then obviously, yeah, when I finished school, I didn't know, I didn't have anything else I was super interested in. So I did music. Um, That was the main thing that, I I wanted to have a go at you know so yeah it sounds awesome though that's 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 crazy that it's (laughs) almost passed down through the generations Mm. you're a family of music that's that's something you can write about that (laughs) I mean it's not like you know both my parents are musicians or anything anything like that like the whole the whole dreamy thing where like your parents are in the music business and all of that it's more it's yeah it's just always it's been a passion of theirs for sure like my dad in terms of listening to it and my mum in terms of playing and listening um and yeah and and my mum's family in particular have always been very musical so yeah it's really cool I'm really I'm really glad she said do you want to have a go at playing piano (laughs) and I mean I'm learning to get better at it now because obviously I kind of took a hiatus from it to learn guitar. So yeah. I'm like back practicing piano again, which is interesting. <laughs> Testing. <laughs> Isn't it crazy that sometimes it's that's all it takes. It's just that one person saying, you know what, do you want to try this? And yeah. then it's almost like a rolling ball down a hill and the snowball down the hill and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Next thing you know, yeah. you're such an amazing yeah. artist. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it was my mum who said, "Do you want to? Do you want to try piano?" I'll have to ask her because I've never actually said, "Did you?" You know, I've never actually asked her if if she asked me if I wanted to play or if she said, "Have a go." You know, I I don't actually know. I have to ask and see. We'll just pretend that she did. (laughs) (laughs) So, going from all that, then, how did it come about being named by Rolling Stone magazine? Because she was named a new country artist. You need to know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Everybody uh, should know yeah. you by now. I mean, I'm still pinching myself over that moment and I think that's why my dad put it in a frame over there in my in my room. <laughs> um yeah, so I released Open Road in November 2017 and it was recorded in Nashville and and I'd found Lime Tree Music who were kindly helping me promote it and um they obviously 
they're a brilliant PR company. They they were helping me promote the single and obviously pushing it to all the contacts that they had. So I had a lot of interviews to reply to. And um, yeah, and it was, I think it was just before, yeah. So just before I went to my cousin's wedding in the Caribbean, I was, I was, uh, <laughs> I was literally um, writing back to all these articles that they'd sent me to to answer you know for them to send out back to those people yeah and then they sent me an email saying we've also um sent your song to rolling stone now there's no guarantee so don't get your hopes up yeah but you're you might be featured and I, I was just kind of absolutely gobsmacked. And I was just like, is this a, is this a joke? Is it? I was like, what? Anyway, and I was like, okay, thank you. And I like answered the questions or whatever, yeah. sent it off. And then I, oh, I can't remember if it was like a few hours later, they sent me a message and they were like, here it is. And and it, I was in the 10 new country artists you need to know article and I couldn't believe it. Um, <sighs> That's awesome. It was Yes, because he happened to like my song. The person who wrote the article liked my song. And yeah, it was incredible. Incredible. I still can't believe it. I still pinch myself and don't really believe that that happened. But yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where you look back on life and you just think, wow. Just wow. Yeah. 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 It does. It just still feels a bit like a dream. And I mean, now, because it was a while ago, because obviously yeah three years ago now yeah um I still I'm like oh my word that is just did that really happen you know but I've got the evidence on my wall to remind me which I think my dad did intentionally you know Something so to if show you're the having kids a bad later. day yeah <laughs> if you're having a bad day just look at that article again oh. um but yeah yeah it was cool and, and that song is <clears throat> That song I wrote about my mum and dad and their love for each other and going off in their little camper van that they've got, VW camper van. And it was really awesome that it that it did so well and and was recognised and that it was about, you know, a subject really close to me. And yeah, yeah, I'm just so thankful <laughs> for that moment, for sure. What goes through your mind then when you release such a song that's so close to you? You know, you kind of, do you kind of like worry about if it goes great, you know, fantastic, you know, I've got this great memory that I've just written mm. about, or if it, you know, not flops, but doesn't do as good as you think, you know, does it kind of like tarnish yeah. the memory? You know, what goes through your mind? So, I mean, yeah, it's so hard to know how a song's going to do. And I've just been actually reading Elton John's biography. Yeah. And there are so many times when he says, you know, I wanted to release this song and I thought it would be a hit and it wasn't. And actually this song was a hit. And he was just like, really? You know, yeah. and as an artist, you really hope that the song that's closest to you does make it as a hit or whatever you want to say or does well. But really, it just depends. It depends on so many other factors. So as long as you feel like you've done enough justice for like putting the song out there, promoting it enough. Um, and at the end of the day, like as long as the song is good and you are happy with the writing and the quality of the recording, you know, Sue and I, well, Sue drums this into me, like Emily, it sounds great. The song is great. The lyrics are great. There is nothing more you can do now. You just have to let it be out there. 
And it is really hard to do that, to switch your mindset from putting so much pressure on yourself in the song to just being what will be will be so I'm still kind of practicing it and you know whenever I'm checking oh is it on a playlist yet or whatever yeah um you know my last two songs have been on playlists and it's just been because I've pitched them myself and at the moment I don't think fearless is um which yeah I have been kind of like oh it's such a shame I thought this would be the one that would get on a playlist but you just never know that That, that is quite (laughs) I mean not to single out your songs, but, you know, Open Road is such a melodic song that it's fantastic, but Fearless, you know, out of all your songs, that's the one that really, really struck a chord. And yeah. I'm surprised it hasn't really made it onto the playlist. I mean, you have to keep, you have to get your, everybody just pushing it, push, 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 push. Yeah, I mean, um, the one that made it onto my first playlist was looking for a real thing and that one did really really well it was on a spotify editorial playlist called fresh folk yeah and i didn't didn't even know it was on a playlist when it was vic allen who said emily your song's on a spotify editorial playlist and i was like what you know and then the next one leaving looks good and you was um on a nashville playlist and yeah, it just depend. It just depends on so many things. Like Fearless, in my in my opinion, for me is probably like the most important song I've ever released in terms of my songwriting ability. Yeah. You know, and it's like the start of a brand new chapter for me. Um, so obviously, I want it to do well, but it's it's just a case of you've got to put it out there, let it sit and breathe, let people, you know, make up their minds about it, and yeah not put too much pressure on it which I definitely have been doing um <laughs> to do well you know so what will be will be and sometimes a lot of these songs are are found at a later date yeah. you know once they have had the time to to breathe so yeah who knows who knows I mean I loved how that slipped through a cracker was as well earlier you mentioned that you sung a song at a wedding but you didn't say it was in the Caribbean <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> oh no so um one of my songs on my first EP, Me For Me, I wrote that for my cousin yeah. and her husband. And um, they asked me, I was a bridesmaid at their wedding in the Caribbean and they asked me to sing the song as well. So I sang the song and actually the video, if you go and check it out on YouTube, it's the actual v- wedding footage um, that I borrowed. Oh. The, the videography kindly let me yeah, p- piece it all together enough for the video. Yeah. Um, and then it, yeah, so it's actual footage from their day alongside the song, which is really, really cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's awesome. That's, I would never have thought to use that kind of footage mm. to make, you know, especially when you use that song and it's tied to that special day, to actually think, yeah. you know, actually, why don't we use that special day? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was because it was such an amazing day. Like the whole thing was like my dream wedding, let alone my cousin's <laughs> dream wedding. Um, but she was born in the Caribbean, so that's why they had the wedding there. And um, it was just the best time, the absolute best time. And yeah, and she I, obviously I asked her permission, everybody's permission, and she said, "No, go like go ahead, yeah. go ahead. It's a great, it's a great thing to have that to mem to remind to remind me of the day, you know." Yeah. So, yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, mm. everybody check out... Everybody just check it out. Check out the music. Check out everything, you know. Just <laughs> Fearless is on all the platforms. Apple Music, yeah. Apple iTunes, yeah. Spotify, Tidal. 
Yeah, it should be on Amazon now. They did have a little bit of a problem, but it's on there now, I'm told. I bet that's, <laughs> I bet that's so frustrating when you, when you hear news like that, like, oh, yeah, we've got a bit of a problem with this. Yeah, I think it was just uh, they were still processing it because yeah. I just, yeah, a few people said they couldn't get it. So I messaged the company that I distribute with and they said, oh, they're still processing it. We'll chase them up. So, yeah, I mean, things like that happen, you know, especially during this kind of situation, this time. <laughs> yeah, It's more likely to happen probably. So, Especially when yeah. there's not many people in the offices to fix all the little bugs. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Perfect timing. Yeah. So where can people find you then on on the socials, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram? Yep. So all of my socials are Emily Faye Music. Um, Facebook is the Emily Faye Music. But if you just type in Emily Faye Music on Google, for example, it'll come up. Um, my website's www.emilyfaymusic.com. So, yeah, if you, you know, if you search for Emily Faye Music, I will definitely hopefully come up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm on your website right now and I can see at the bottom in your store, you got a new arrival. You got looking for the looking for a real thing, EP, which is a physical yep. copy and it's signed. Yep. So. Yep. So yeah, you can get those. And also my old EP at the moment is sold out because I don't have any copies left at all. Ooh. But at some point I probably will restock that, maybe a hundred copies of that. Um, but I will, yeah, it will be on the website when that's restocked for sure. Awesome. Now, what I normally do towards the end of the podcast is I ask a selection of questions. So yeah. just like normally they run through like a night out. So you'll start in and you'll have like a a hot drink. So what do you have? You know, if you was to drink hot drinks, coffee or tea? Oh, okay. First thing in the morning, outside in the garden, reading my book, a coffee with oat milk the rest of the day tea so I don't I can't choose between the two <laughs> oh, that's fair enough I mean everybody's got the everybody's got a routine what kind of tea do you drink pg tips pg tips <laughs> yeah are you a yorkshire tea of course I am person <laughs> I mean I love yorkshire tea but my mum and dad buy pg tips so that's what I drink yeah. I'll have to send you a care package down <laughs> yorkshire tea <laughs> love it what about soft drinks do you drink any like juice or soda that kind of thing um appetizer is my go-to soft drink mm. in terms of so I don't actually drink alcohol because I get the worst hangovers known to man really? so I decided just to quit drinking because I just I don't need it to have fun and I I just feel awful the next day like it's just not worth the night before so um appetizer is my go-to drink what, in every situation <laughs> what, what alcoholic drinks were you drinking to feel that rough I think it's a hereditary thing because my dad gets uh he gets migraines quite yeah. badly if he drinks so I I mean I've tried I've tried all the alcohols no I've tried obviously I've like had rum vodka made me really really poorly rum wasn't too bad wine I don't really like um I think the only thing I've had in the past two years is um I've celebrated when my cousin's babies were born and I had like half, half a glass of champagne or Prosecco, but oh. that's it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even really like the taste that much. Oh no, I can't stand champagne or Prosecco. No, no. So, I mean, yeah, I remember when I was 18, I had a um, Chambord and Prosecco and yeah. that was really nice because it was like raspberry. But I mean, I I feel like, yeah, I just, drinking just isn't for me. I just, it just makes me feel awful. So 
yeah, apple ties are all the way. Fair enough. <laughs> now, what happens when everybody goes out then? Do they go to like pubs or clubs or bars or stuff like that? Yeah, pubs, pubs or bars. Um, and I, yeah, just drink soft drinks. I'll just like, I'll have one like apple tizer or Coca Cola or something, and then I'll just have water. Yeah. And uh, yeah, to be honest. No, that's fair uh, enough. Mum, cheap date, what can I say? <laughs> well, are you the designated driver then for all your friends? I am. And do you know, I actually don't mind that because it's, it's a good excuse. Oh, I'm driving, you know? Oh, yeah. So, oh, definitely. Yeah. Got, got to not stay that you need safe one. on the roads. Yeah, I mean, like, not that you need an excuse not to drink. It's okay not to have a drink if you don't want to have a drink, you know? Oh, exactly. Um, but yeah, it is. It is I'm, I'm glad that I can be designated driver because then everyone gets home safe, yeah? That's hmm. what that's what that's all that matters is safety. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now, there's a couple of debates that go around on Twitter. I don't know if you've seen, but there's two Ooh. main ones. Pineapple and pizza. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Good <laughs> yes, girl. I would eat. Yeah, I would eat that. Love it. Yeah. You see, so many people have been saying no because fruit shouldn't be on a pizza. Oh, but I love the the like the refreshing juices of the pineapple with the salty sweet the cheese yeah i'm i'm a big like sweet and salty person 100% i love that combination and the second one is yep. is jaffa cake a biscuit or a cake ooh well do you know what i am a very big biscuit person and the one thing i love about a biscuit is the crunch and jaffa cake doesn't have the crunch so i'm going to say it's a cake Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> That's a great question. You see, oh. when me and Linda was talking about this, we came up <laughs> with a great term for it. It's almost like a Jaffa nugget because it's okay. it's like a small cake, but it's not a biscuit. So it's yeah. got its own little its own thing. Now me and Raya came up with like a biscuit or a casket, but yeah. that's too close to casket, so it's a bit Oh, yeah. Close to the bone, that one. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah I mean, Jaffa Cake's not my top biscuit. It's not my top biscuit. What is your thing. top biscuit? That is cake. a very hard question. Um, oh, I just love biscuits. Um, my top, I go through phases, but at the moment, if I could choose a biscuit, I'd, I'd have a simple dark chocolate digestive. Hmm. I know it's not the most adventurous, but that's that's the craze at the moment. You see, I find that's my favourite. No, I find that completely opposite. I find that really adventurous. I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big dark chocolate fan because dark yeah. chocolate's quite strong, strong and aromatic. Mm. I'm yep. more of a caramel, Milk. caramel, caramel digestive okay. or a, uh, <laughs> a bourbon. Oh, okay. See, the caramel digestives don't have as much crunch, do they? No, so that's why that puts me off. See, I like the chewiness of them. Okay, okay. Bourbon. Oh, I love a bourbon. Bourbons, custard creams. Oh, I want biscuits. Oh, custard creams. They're the absolute classics that your granny have, you know? Your granny has. I love them. And the um, fruit shortcake type things. Yeah. Garibaldi's and all them. Oh, I love a Garibaldi. Oh, no, it's making me hungry. (laughs) What about crisps? Do you eat crisps? Um, Yes, I do. I... So my boyfriend, he absolutely cannot stand salt and vinegar. Like he cannot stand it. He's a music teacher and they're banned from his classroom. Like he cannot stand it. (laughs) Fair enough. But I love, he lives in Jersey. So obviously I haven't seen him in a while. So I'm eating salt and vinegar, Walker's salt and vinegar crisps. And I absolutely love them. 
So yeah, so when I see him, I don't eat them, but because he hates them. But when he's not here, <laughs> see, I eat them. <laughs> well, whenever you get into an argument, that's the perfect thing to do: is crack out a pot of <laughs> salt and vinegar, Chris, and he'll walk away. Yeah, then. he'll potter off then. <laughs> yeah, he'll potter off into another room. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. In fact, well, he'd probably leave the house. La- last one is restaurants or fast food kind of takeaway kind of places. You know, what do you prefer and why? I love going for brunch. So restaurants, I'd say, or cafes, Ooh, bakeries. Cafes. One of my friends, she owns a bakery and I actually work one one shift a week at normal times. Um, in her bakery and yeah. I just absolutely love it. So yeah, I'd say restaurants bakeries that cafes that type of thing rather than a takeaway yeah um yeah if you was to go for a takeaway what would it be <gasps> thai food thai. maybe yeah Ooh. yeah I very do love oriental food. yeah i love thai food um i also like chinese i also like curry but if if you ask me right now what would you like i would say thai or nando's I would get Nando's. See, sure. every, everybody says Nando's, but I find it's kind of overrated. See, I thought this when I was at university and everyone's like, let's go for a cheeky Nando's. I was like, no, it's too expensive. I'm a student. Why are you going to Nando's? Why is everyone, what's the fuss? And then when I went to country to country a few years ago, we went for a Nando's and someone was like, have you had the Piri Piri chips? And I was like, no. So then they're like, are you insane? You need to get the Piri Piri chips. So I did. And I haven't gone back because I just love the Piri Piri chips. Yeah, I've never looked back since. So Nando's is no longer overrated in my book, but I can understand where you're coming from because I was in that position. You see, I I do Slimming World and I have chicken all the time. So Mm. going to a restaurant that solely does chicken, it's a bit, you know, I'd like if I go to a restaurant, I want something different. Now that's fair play. Don't get me wrong, I love the chicken. I love the flavours yeah. they use, how it's all char-grilled. The sweet corn they do on the char-grilled skillet oh, thing. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> um, you know, everything about it is it is good food. I just find it's expensive for what you're actually getting. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought as well. But the chips have just persuaded me. Oh, I want chips now. Yeah, very, very chips. Okay. <laughs> thank you for thank you for coming on. Everybody, listen to Emily Fair's music on all your streaming sites, all your purchase sites. Just yep. buy it where you can, stream it where you can. <laughs> thank you, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on, and everybody, follow Emily Fay at Emily Fay Music on pretty much all the socials. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for coming on, and I'll see you all next time. Bye for now. That was the Country Chat Podcast. Join Dom next time for exclusive interviews, reviews and general chit-chats on all things country music.